This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Welcome back to the Roster Up DFS podcast. Rob, how are we doing on this fine Thursday evening? Welcome to November. Yeah, welcome to November. Walked outside the other day and it's freaking cold out. So it's officially that time of year. But um, that makes for some uh, some tough-nosed football. So it's an exciting time for the NFL and, uh, you know, holidays coming up. It's a good time of the year. I know we're about to start coming down the stretch right now. Playoff dreams are uh, about to be made or broken over the course yeah. of this month and some of them potentially even this week we'll see how the week goes um but i mean let's just go ahead and dive right into it we're kicking it off with new england carolina not necessarily the most fantasy friendly game belichick and matt rule to be honest with you uh 41 total here vegas uh doesn't think it's a super exciting game either three and a half point spread in favor of new england you feeling anything here rob well, i think i said it last week when it comes to new england i really don't go there much uh much at all i don't think i have this year other than maybe hunter henry or uh <clears throat> john F. smith but and i'm gonna stick with that so um really not much here i hate to start the show like this we we always say that but unfortunately that's just how it goes with uh some of this DraftKings, how they format these games but i will say uh mccaffrey potentially coming back from ir if he plays ak uh we mentioned this a couple weeks ago we thought he was coming back uh, you're, you're not going to find him for much cheaper than that. So if he's back at 100%, AK, McCaffrey, lock it in, no doubt in my mind. Um, and I think he's going to be heavily owned if he is healthy just because um, of his price. He's usually in the 9,500s. AK is significantly cheaper for the best player in fantasy. Um, no Derrick Henry this week as well. So McCaffrey is going to be the highest owned running back if he does play, uh, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel. I think that's not much of a bold statement. Uh, I think he, you know, he tends to have big bounce back games when he comes back from injury. So uh, I'm all in on the CMC train. Yeah, I've seen this so many times. His price drops and he comes back. They're throwing the ball like nine times. He has seven catches for 70 yards. Maybe, I mean, that's 14 points right there. So McCaffrey at 8K is just an absolute steal regardless of matchup. But I have no one else in this game either um, outside of him. Um, Buffalo Jacksonville. Jacksonville for me is just like immediately omitted from my player pool. Buffalo, this is almost like the Buffalo Houston game a couple weeks ago, right? You can stack Buffalo, and it's hard to bring it back with anyone on the Jacksonville side with 14 and a half point spread, obviously in favor of Buffalo. Um, and uh, for and uh, 48 point total. Most of that's, of course, going towards Buffalo. I think Allen Diggs, Allen and Sanders, Beasley, any of those guys are playable week to week, fading the running backs there. Um, if you want to grab, a tight end, go for it. But really, for me, it's straightforward. Play Josh Allen and pick one or two receivers. Like, that's that's what it is at the end of the day for me. What about you? Yeah, same with me. Um, Jacksonville is immediately eliminated unless they're playing a, a poor run defense, which the Bills are not, because uh, then you could get James Robinson in the mix. But uh, this is not a week that I would recommend going towards Jacksonville. Um, just time and time again, not proving much. On the other side of the ball, the Bills are awesome. So uh, if you have the salary, Josh Allen certainly is a stud. He's proven that uh, again this year. Diggs is starting to heat up. Uh, last week I called Beasley. He had a big week, uh, 13 targets, 
22 targets in the last two weeks. So if he gets in the end zone with all these targets he's getting, I really do think that's a good value play. I think it still is a good value play. Uh, 5,400 this week for Beasley. He's clearly the number two in this offense. Um, I, I know Sanders has had a couple big weeks, but I still think it's Beasley. He's that you know security blanket for Josh Allen, that Hunter Renfro type, um, that Wes Welker type type receiver. So uh, I might go back to Beasley this week. He's got a questionable tag, but I'm, I'm certain he'll play. Um, other than that, I mean, we called Bills defense last week. They were in double digits, 4K again this week. They're getting a little pricier. I think they were more reasonable last week, but um, yeah, 3,300 last week. We're not big on calling out defenses, but I think that's a solid one, especially against a, a poor Jacksonville offense. So I think Bills are going to roll them here, and that's kind of it here. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going Jacksonville, and it's the usual suspects in Buffalo. Yeah, hard to argue there. I mean, Beasley is really averaging eight, nine targets a game. Um, and he's just getting absolutely peppered there. So he can kind of get there without getting into the end zone, uh, yeah. unlike Emmanuel Sanders, who kind of really does need the end zone to kind of get, get there and meet value on a regular basis. Beasley's yeah, touchdowns he, are gravy. Yeah, if Beasley falls in the end zone, then he's he's had, having an awesome week because he's usually hovering around 12 to, I don't know, 15, 16 points. Throw a, throw a touchdown in there, he's in the 20s. So that's a huge week for him. He had 20 last week. Um, so if he falls in the end zone this week, which I feel like he's due, uh, even though they have a lot of other threats, uh, plus Josh Allen's legs are a threat in the red zone. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, Beasley, again, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the work. Um, this should be a pretty significant Buffalo win. And I, I think there's some fantasy points to be had. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be early on or not. Who knows? But could be similar to that Texans game a couple weeks ago where they won 40 to nothing. Uh, I could definitely see the repeat of that here. But there actually was a lot of fantasy points in that game. So mm -hmm. uh, don't count out the uh, the blowout as, you know, no points to go around. I think there will be. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, when there's a blowout, when you're scoring 40 points, someone's someone's got to put yeah. them up. Someone's got to put gotta them up. Got to come from somewhere. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Houston, Miami, 46 and a half point total, five and a half point spread. You weren't too interested in this game. We may differentiate here a little bit on the Miami side. Is there anywhere you're looking to go here? Uh, not necessarily. Um, definitely not either of the quarterbacks. Um, I'm not a Gaskin fan, and I don't, you know, I, I, can't, I, I don't think I'm going to play any Texans at all the rest of the year. Probably not. The only one is Brandon Cooks that has potential. But, um, and this actually might be a game for him, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't want to spend money on any of these guys. Um, Waddle is the only guy I would potentially look at just because his targets are really up there. 12 targets last week. He only brought in four, but um, Waddle's getting getting the work. So it's Waddle or Kasiki, really. But uh, other than that, I don't have much analysis on this game. I didn't focus too much here um, just because I, I never really play anyone from either of these teams. So I don't have much to offer here. Um, I know you said you were interested in Miami. I don't know if anyone's interested in Houston. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts here in Miami? Um, I think it's a pretty uh, nice cheap stack that you can throw in, especially if you want to put in some more e expensive pieces elsewhere, like a running back and fill in your run at other wide receiver tight end spots. I really think actually in this matchup, you can go right there to Tua. I think Tua had a couple nice weeks where uh, they're going to throw the ball. They're going to air it out some. I know Tua has not met 
everyone's expectations um, by any means, but he's always fairly low, low owned because he's viewed um, with really a negative perspective. And honestly, last week he was terrible, 205 yards and interception, but he still managed to fall into the end zone with the rushing touchdown and get 16 fantasy points when his team scored 11 total points against Buffalo the two weeks prior against Jacksonville and Atlanta, two defenses that are potentially better than Houston. I mean, they're both just trash, absolutely garbage can of um, dumpster fire defenses, but they're probably better than Houston. Lights them up for 25 and 28 fantasy points, respectively, in week six and seven, able to throw for uh, 329 and then 291 against uh, Atlanta, four touchdowns against the Falcons. I don't expect four touchdowns, but two, 300 yards and two touchdowns against the Houston Texans. Yes, Miles Gaskins can pop occasionally. I don't really trust him. He just is so, so inconsistent. I think from a tournament perspective, you can certainly throw in Gaskin if you're just looking for like a 1% or 2% owned tournament play. But I think also you could go with the overall cheap stack. And with Devontae Parker being back, I don't think um, – that the Texans are going to be able to match up against these wide receivers by any means on the Dolphins side. Yes, I'm with you. Brandon Cooks is a decent bring back. You don't have to force it, especially if <clears throat> that Dolphin secondary is healthy. But I do think Devontae Parker, who was first on the team by a mile in expected fantasy points since uh, from weeks four through eight, Jalen Waddle second. Jalen Waddle is first overall on the season with expected fantasy points on the Dolphins. I mean, there's still a lot on the meat on the a lot of meat on the bone. Devontae Parker second overall on the on the Dolphins, first by a mile in weeks four through eight, like I said. So I think both of those are actually great values. I don't even think you need to double stack it. You certainly could because they're both getting 10, 11 targets a game. Uh, even in, in games, I, I don't think they're going to blow out the Texans. I don't think they're good enough to blow out the Texans. So I think you can expect six, seven, eight targets to both of these receivers at a minimum, and uh, they should be able to get into the end zone. I think the same thing potentially with Gusecki, but I'm always going to lean towards one of these two receivers who, who should be getting targets. So I just think it's a cheap stack that you can throw in elsewhere. I don't think you have to get cute anywhere else. I just think the Dolphins have uh, some options here that you can certainly play uh, this week. But there, there are better ones out there. I'm not going to disagree with you. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I think you make a really good point, actually. Um, like I said, when I, when I spoke about this game a minute ago, I didn't do much analysis on this game. Um, now, when we talk about, you know, bigger contests, you, you got to figure probably half the field doesn't do a lot of analysis on each game. So half the field, maybe more, are going to think exactly like I thought, where you just see the name to a tag of Vailoa and you just eliminate it completely. And then mm -hmm. without even looking at what he's done against poor defenses, which is really significant. So I think that's a really good point um, to actually look at Tua this week at 5,800, just because, you know, so many people like myself in this my initial analysis here was – I'm writing him off completely. And I think a lot of people do that to a lot of um, quarterbacks, especially throughout the, uh, throughout the weeks of DraftKings. So that's a really good point. Uh, I'm glad that you made that point so we can address that because I think, you know, so many people are going to write some people off and there's definitely more of those guys in this, in these, uh, in this slate, but that's a really good point. Really good one to call out. Uh, and I'm actually, now I'm, now I'm definitely going to look at him. Uh, I don't know if I'll play him, but I, I certainly will consider it just based off of, you know, what you said there, because uh, I have not looked at this game deep enough. And uh, I got a little bit more research there, but that's that's a really good point. I want to point that out. 
Yeah, he at least – I think you, you think of it this way. If you have other expensive plays in other positions across the board, they fit a need. And the need in your lineup is someone against a bad defense. They can put up points. And and we know Tua should have at least a nice um, eight, 17, 18-point floor against that defense. Now, yeah, Miami is – Miami, they, they can be Belichicking at times. So, yeah, they can come out and just have four rushing touchdowns like the Eagles did. But I can't live in that world of just expecting them to do that. I think um, – you know, just to finish off that point, they, they fit a need in a lineup with more expensive plays. And uh, there's just no – and there's plenty of opportunity there on the Miami side. <clears throat> but we can certainly move on to Atlanta and New Orleans, heading down to the Bayou, battling out in the Superdome. This is going to be an interesting one because uh, neither of these teams are really p- playing at breakneck speed. Obviously, New Orleans is going to play slower – um, as they typically do, especially if Taysom Hill ends up starting this week, although it could end up being Trevor Simeon again, who just – I didn't even know he was still in the league until <laughs> everyone got hurt last week. Did you know he was still in the league? No. <laughs> no. I didn't even know Josh Rosen was still on the team, and it looks like he's on the Falcons. <laughs> no, that's right. Rosen. Oh, man, he's still he's still kicking it around. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about this game. It's a low total. I think historically it's easy to look at these teams and expect a high-scoring affair. I certainly don't. It's 42-point total. New Orleans is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Ridley is taking a break from football. Hopefully he gets uh, mentally healthy there, whatever's going on. But at the same time, there's not a lot – there's nothing I want on the Falcons' side. Like, I, I mean, I guess – I'm never a Russell Gage guy. I know some weeks he can get there. But I'm not looking at anyone on the Falcons' side of the football – and then with New Orleans, if Trevor Simeon starts, I like Kamara. If Taysom Hill starts, I like Taysom Hill just by himself. Um, and apart from that, like, there's not really anyone else I like in this game. Is there anyone you can talk me into? Uh, <laughs> I don't have I don't have much else to say other than you know the poor man's Christian McCaffrey, uh, Cordero Patterson. So uh, <laughs> no, I I don't know. It's a tough matchup for him. Um, the way they use him, though, I do like. I, I said that last week, and I'll continue to say that. You know, he's getting like five to seven, maybe eight targets a game, uh, just like those dump off passes. So, I mean, he's he's been solid, but uh, again, it's it's tough against this defense. They showed really who they are last week, um, kind of giving you know Tom Brady some trouble. Not that they really gave him trouble, but winning that game was really big for them um, against the Bucks. So. Not much else, though, really. I think Taysom Hill is an interesting call if he plays. If Simeon plays, there's no way I go there. Um, I'd rather pay down for – who is it? Who is the really cheap guy we started out with? Oh, Jordan Love. Jordan, oh, we didn't get there yet. That's who oh, we, we talked about get before. There. Yeah, yeah 4,400 Jordan Love. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'd rather pay down for Jordan Love over Trevor Simeon, or I'd rather pay up a couple hundred for who you just mentioned, Tua, um, who's not much more expensive than – Simeon so yeah definitely not going towards that that route if he plays Kamara always playable I like Patterson just based on what he's done this year and yeah I'm not really ready to trust uh these Atlanta receivers with Ridley out indefinitely um I don't really see other anyone else other than Kyle Pitts getting consistent targets so I'm not going to go that way either and then who the heck knows what's going on in New Orleans with these pass catchers so it's really hard for me to go anywhere here, to be honest with you. Uh, that's why I kind of said to you earlier before the show that I'm not too into this game, even though historically this is always a fun game. But now 
I mean, Breeze isn't involved anymore, so neither is Michael Thomas, so uh, or Calvin Ridley. So it's 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 much different than it has been in past years. Yeah, it certainly is, and there's some. There's just plenty of other games that I think will have far better yeah. plays uh, than this one. Denver Dallas being one of them. I know. Uh, I does Denver's defense scare you at all? Against not Dallas? against Dallas, no. Mm-hmm. Not Same against here. Dallas. Same here. Doesn't scare me at all. Um, looking at some efficiency numbers, this game is a 49 and a half point total, by the way. Dallas is a 10-point favorite. I I think Denver's very tough. I think they always play team stuff. I think a 10-point spread is just outrageous uh, for the Broncos. I know – I don't expect Denver to win by any means. I think Dallas is far better. But a 10-point spread against a 4-4 four and four team that – just seems like they can dog it out and at least keep a game close and probably lose by a touchdown or three points. Uh, Ten points seems way, way too outrageous for me. However, Dak Prescott against any defense, I'll take him. We saw that week one against the Buccaneers. We've seen him be consistently efficient so long as he does end up playing this week. Um, otherwise, if it's Cooper Rush, then I, this probably ends up being a stay away from me for the most part across the board. Mm-hmm. But if Dak does play number one in efficiency thus far, um, he has a near 10% touchdown rate. Uh, he has approximately 10 adjusted yards per attempt. That is the most adjusted yards per attempt. That is the highest touchdown rate in the league. Dak is just absolutely uh, slaying defenses right now, playing at an incredible pace from a number standpoint. He looks fantastic uh, so long as he can get – that healthy calf. I think he's going to be fine. He's kind of lost the injury tag, but if that creeps up again and Cooper rush does start, I'm staying away from this game period. Um, Otherwise I think you can play Dak against anyone. 6,900 is a great price for him. I know Denver Mm -hmm. has a pretty good defense overall, but 6,900 for Dak is just a great price. And I think you can grab one of Cooper or lamb. Cooper is only 5,700 lamb price up at 72. You can give me either one of them and I'll be totally fine. And then you can certainly look at Zeke if you need to. This Denver pass uh, uh, run defense is a little tougher, but you can look at Zeke at 7K if you you need to um, because we know if they do build out a nice little lead, they'll just kind of keep handing him the ball 15, 16, 17 times a game. You know, last week, of course, the numbers were lower. Minnesota was stacking the box, forcing Cooper Rush to beat him, which he did. And uh, But Zeke still was 16 attempts, 50 yards, uh, four catches, off of six targets for 23 yards. So we know the volume's going to be there. He just hasn't fallen in the into the end zone in a couple weeks, really since week five, counting the bye week. So if, once he gets back to falling into the end zone, if he does, then he's certainly going to meet value, I think, with a 20-point floor there, if he's able to fall into the end zone. Because on weeks he doesn't, he's still there in terms of the volume. That's literally the only difference between weeks three, four, five, and weeks one, two, six, and eight. Just when does he fall into the end zone? He can do that against Denver. He can do that against anyone, but that certainly makes him playable when you kind of factor all of that in. So anyone on the Dallas side is playable. Um, Dak and Zeke are one of those rare combos that's stackable together, but I typically don't like doing it because you need a lot of things to break your way for that Dak to Zeke touch, touchdown pass to take place and then Dak to grab a couple other uh, touchdowns through the air elsewhere or even run in one end. So that's a rare combo for to take place for me. However, it's certainly one you can build into your lineup. So there's just a lot of variables, a lot of variations you can go there. And then on the Denver side, I'm far less interested in their pieces overall. Um, It's pretty rare rare I ever get more than one. Uh, Maybe a little bit of post-hype and Jerry Judy 
this week. I kind of like going right back to Judy after he yep. came off injury last week. He was really hyped up, pretty highly owned. So I think I like going right back to Jerry Judy. Four catches, four targets for 39 yards. Seems to have come out of the game healthy. Um, and I think in a fast-paced game here, Dallas is top five in pace. They're going at home, going to force the Broncos to speed up. And how do you keep up with a team like that? It's got to be Jerry Judy. So I certainly love bringing it back with him. And hopefully his ownership is suppressed after just an absolute bomb uh, last week in terms of his overall point total. That's what I'm seeing on this game. What are you feeling in the, uh, down in Dallas? Uh, well, I don't have much else to add. I think you you pretty much went up and down the board um, with everything I had as well. One thing I will add is uh, in the tight end position, if Noah Fant is out for COVID purposes, I think um, that dude, I don't even want to pronounce his last name. Do you know how <laughs> oh, to say his name? Ogukwinbaum. Ogukwinbaum. We'll call him Alberto. 20, Alberto. Uh, you know, 2,600 for a cheap tight end that's going to get a start. Um, that's kind of where I look at for tight end position. Uh, we did it with Dawson Knox last week. He had enough to not necessarily get back full value, but he was close. I think he had six or seven points and he was only like 2,500. So um, that's kind of all you're really looking for with a guy that cheap. I mean, certainly you always want more, but it's not the worst game. Um, but yeah, I, I do completely agree with you with the Judy call. I think people are going to be off him again um, because of his kind of dud last week. But he did bring in four targets, all four targets he caught last week. So maybe they're easing him back into it. Who knows? But uh, I do like Judy at 5K. I think he's super talented. And uh, I think this is a, an offensive game on both sides of the ball. Uh, Denver did just lose Von Miller. So there'd be a little little less pressure on, uh, on Dak. But um, I do think there's a lot of potential. What's the over-under for this game, the point total? 49, 49 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it would be up near 50. I, I think it'll be a fun one. I don't say that much with Denver, but I think Dallas kind of pushes the pace against everyone they play. So I think this will be a fun one um, in a safe environment down in Dallas. So there's definitely a lot of people to play. I think you you broke it down just, you know, better than I could. So. Uh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you run with Minnesota Baltimore, uh, 49 and a half point total. Baltimore is a six point favorite. Neither of these are teams that play at breakneck pace, but um, Minnesota is mid pack at 18th, which is typically quicker than they have been in years past. And you know what? Baltimore has um, typically these two teams are like bottom five pace, but right now they're mid pack. Baltimore is about 22nd situation neutral, uh, which has kind of made these two teams a little more fun. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, I'm going to kind of let you uh, run with this matchup. There's a lot of skill position players and a lot mm -hmm. of offensive potential here. Yeah, I think I don't think there's much, you know, hidden here. I think it's a lot of guys that we usually talk about. Uh, we certainly talk about both the receivers in Minnesota every week. That was kind of just a coin flip, and, and it's really hard to say anything different. Um, I think this will be a fun game as well. Uh, like you said, just so much skill positions everywhere. Um, if uh, I think there's a, a potential good stack here with Lamar and um, Hollywood, I think Hollywood is still priced down to where he probably should be based on his production this year. Um, so I, I might look that way. Uh, I know a, a guy who's even cheaper if you want to stack with uh, Lamar is Rashad Bateman. I, I think he's kind of coming into his own. Um, they were 
you know, obviously the bye week last week, but the first two weeks he played this year had six targets in each. Uh, he's showing good production. And I think he's going to be a good, you know, good addition to this offense. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think, I mean, it, again, it's usual suspects, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Um, I don't know if I'll go either of those receivers. Just I just have I have trouble playing them because I just it always seems like one guy goes off and the other guy is real quiet. And I hate to be picking the wrong guy. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with those receivers. I think I'd rather go Hollywood. I think um, this will be what's the point total again? Point total in this one is 49 and a half. Yeah. So, again, it's similar to the last game we talked about where there's just players all around the field. Um, and those points are coming from somewhere. So, I think Lamar with a potential double stack, even with Brown and uh, Bateman, if you want to pay up for Andrews, by all means, he's always a good, solid player, especially in the red zone. But um, for me, it's for me, it's honestly, it's more Baltimore than it is. Uh, Minnesota, as far as who I'm interested in. I think Dalvin's at a good price at 7,700. He's had, he's kind of had an up and down year. Uh, I know he's been banged up a bit. So, what do you think? I mean, Dalvin is matchup proof. Only two touchdowns this year, though. Um, so, I could certainly see him being due for one as well. Uh, just from a pricing standpoint, Dalvin and Bateman are probably my two best plays. You know, I wasn't even yeah. really looking at Bateman, I thought about him until you really pointed him out. And that price of 4K is tough to pass up. Six targets in both of his first two games. And then they went into a bye week. So you got to imagine him healthy um, and then working into a bye week after a blowout. You got to imagine they continue to work him in a little bit. I think Hollywood is fine. He's one of the more efficient receivers in the league this year. I know he struggled with drops at times uh, with during a couple games, but I think Hollywood's perfectly fine. But just from a value standpoint, like I'm definitely a fan of that Bateman call. Uh, it's really kind of good pricing all around. Honestly, I, I can't, yeah. that's what makes this game so tough. So that's why cook and Bateman off the bat. And then Lamar is probably my third favorite play at that price of 7,300. I mean, we know he can just absolutely blow up and he tends to do it a lot of times in these tough games and these tough matchups. He really does tend to just go off, you know, I, and I'm not scared of Minnesota's defense. Uh, so I can see a 30 plus point game from Lamar here. Yeah, I absolutely could too. I think I think this is a potential stack game for me. Um, like I just mm -hmm. said, I think you whether it's Bateman or Hollywood or both, um, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning right now, just based off what I have so far um, or the games we've talked about. I think for me so far, you know, right now what I have is Lamar, McCaffrey, Bateman, and Judy. Um, Judy is the only one that I. Could potentially see myself switching, but I think I'll definitely have a little Bateman this week um, and a little bit of Lamar as well at that price. Yeah, it's really hard not to. Um, do you have any more thoughts on this game? Not really. I think I think I kind of said what I had to say. Um, Jefferson Thielen. I mean, it, it's the, the unanswerable question. It's just really hard to pick. Um, <laughs> one guy goes off, the other guy, he gets screwed. Last week, Jefferson had four points. I mean, the guy's absolute stud. And then Thielen goes for 20. And Thielen had 33 the week before. And Jefferson was you know, still in double digits. But, I mean, it's like one – it's it's just too lopsided. It's very hard for me to pick between those guys. And then 
Cousins has been solid, but I just I don't necessarily trust him fully, um, especially against a good defense in Baltimore. There's so much talent in the Minnesota offense. I wish they would just play a breakneck pace so I could I play literally all of them. And every once in a while when they have a matchup where they got to speed it up, you can do that, but it's always like hindsight. That's that's what makes it so tough. Um, interesting game here with two teams coming off losses, Cleveland and Cincy. Your, hey, your boys pulling yeah. it off after, after you were like, I'm not going to this garbage game. How do you feel? <laughs> we were talking the entire game. Because we were planning to go to the Jets Bengals for like probably since back in September um, when the season started. We picked a game, we put it on our calendar. We were going to Jets Cincy. And then we got near it. And I was like, you know, I really can't justify paying a dollar for this team. And what, you know, look what happens. Mike White's breaking records and throwing 400 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, we beat the Bengals. The Bengals are like, Right now, or before last week, they're like a top five team in the league. It makes no sense that we beat the teams that are in significant playoff contention. Uh, we can only beat the Titans and the Bengals, and then we get shellacked by Mac Jones um, twice. So it, it makes no sense. This isn't a Jets podcast. I think I always go on these little rants. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do like the Bengals to bounce back a little bit here this week. Um, I like. I think they're – I don't know. It's really hard for me to say they're better than the Browns. I think the Browns are really good, but um, sounds like there's a little trouble in paradise in the Browns this week with uh, Baker and OBJ. So who knows what's going to happen there? Um, they say OBJ might be on his way out. I wouldn't play him anyway. Um, so it doesn't really apply to me, but the Chubb looks like he's back and healthy. So Chubb is definitely on my radar. 6,700. The guy's too talented. Um, other than that, I mean, as far as Bengals go, or, or, or Browns go, I'm really not interested. Um, Jamar Chase always in play at 7,600. He's finally priced where he should be. Um, last week, he dropped a touchdown. It was like almost a wide-open touchdown. He got hit afterwards, but he certainly should have had it. Dropped a couple passes last week. Um, but then I think he finally did find the end zone. So could have had a bigger week last week. So the numbers were a little bit skewed. Um, that Jets defense is just lock up. So uh Bryce Hall you know give him the Bryce Hall treatment I do like T Higgins though 5300 he's been really involved and I think he's kind of sleeping under the radar um he's getting the targets he's getting the work Burrow obviously likes to throw a ton of passes a game and uh if if Higgins gets in the in the end zone Jamar Chase kind of taking all the touchdowns but if Higgins gets in the end zone with the targets he's getting I think he's a really good value play at 5300 um but other than that I don't think I'm going anywhere else. I think this is a good game, a good divisional game. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if I had to pick who I would take, I'm probably going to take the Bengals to bounce back this week. It, it's it's this has got to be just an absolute dogfight. Yeah, it, it really does have to be. It's it's tough, and and you know what the. Just from a matchup standpoint, I guess a DFS standpoint, this game is borderline stackable because you can grab Nick Chubb at 6,700, let him run over the Bengals, and you can bring it back with like Burrow Chase or Burrow Higgins. I love the Higgins call because I think he's they target him in the in the end zone uh, quite a bit. He actually leads a team and um, unrealized 
air, unrealized air yards and expected fantasy points over the last couple of weeks. Jamar Chase has really captured a couple of those deep bombs. We know what Chase can do. 7,600, he can smash value at any given week, and he can certainly do it against the Browns team. They can give it up through the air. Um, Jamar Chase is, is very consistent week over week. T. Higgins is very consistent. My problem with Higgins is he has a much lower ceiling than Chase and even at times Boyd. I'm, I'm not really going back to Boyd um, or, or going towards Boyd at all. But we know if, if Higgins can just land in the end zone a time or two, then I think he could just absolutely destroy value. So I, that standpoint makes this game very stackable. Uh, but apart from that, I don't have a lot to add. It's a concentrated target share. You know where the ball's going uh, in the Bengals passing attack. It's, it's Chase on those deep balls. It's Higgins kind of in the end zone. And then Boyd is kind of the odd man out when Higgins is healthy. So uh, you kind of know what's happening and you know, they're going to want to give Nick Chubb the ball, especially if he's coming back at full health this week, 16 carries last week seems to be fine from a health standpoint. Dearness Johnson is the one kind of fell into the end zone there. So I think this could be a Nick Chubb T Higgins game. Um, any week can be chases, but that's, that's what I'm looking at in this ball game. Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we move on to the Raiders? And Giants. I don't want to move on to the Raiders. That's my next thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thoughts on... You can take this game entirely. I have no interest. <laughs> no really. interest. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Devontae Booker, maybe. I've always kind of played him. Um, with Saquon out, it looks like. We'll see, I guess, his, his status. But other than that, I mean, I can't really stomach playing Derek Carr. I, I mean, I shouldn't say that. He's been good this year. There's just too much going on with the Raiders this week. I just don't know what to expect. Last two weeks, really. I mean, they're, it's kind of just a mess. They're, they're really good. Like, they've showed really bright spots this year. Um, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see myself going anywhere, really, here in this game, besides my boy Hunter Renfro at 4,800. But even that, I just I still don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not grabbing hardly anything here. I'm anti-Josh Jacobs in all facets uh brian edwards just to add on to um your hunter Renfro take there with the henry uh, henry rugs issue going on i think you can look at brian edwards who is explosive they can throw him the ball deep he can fill a need on that team it's just a matter of he's going to have fewer targets than Renfro waller he's going to be a little further down that chain but yeah. without rugs there eating up some of the targets i certainly think that um you know, he could get there off of a, off of a couple deep balls. He really could. Apart from that, I mean, to, I, I'm with you. Just it's a hard no for me on pretty much everyone. The Giants in this game. game the other night was like watching paint dry. Like I couldn't, it was so boring. It's, and that's the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs are a different team this year. It is strange as ever, but I, I, don't, I don't think they're that good. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I think the Jets are better than the Chiefs. Chiefs offensive line is terrible. They didn't hardly do anything to fix it. They traded for a pass for a run-blocking offensive lineman that was not even performing well, um, an Orlando Brown or whatever his name is. I, Chiefs had a weird offseason. Like, I think the Chiefs would be fine and figure it out, but they, they've kind of hit a little rut where they've been exposed, especially with their offensive line and then defense being probably the worst defense ever historically. I mean, one more, that, yeah. it's, it's bad. And the turnovers, Mahomes got to turn down. The thing that bothers me about watching them is they're so, like, they try to be so fancy, and they're just not good enough this year to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, they're doing 
Travis Kelsey direct snap behind the back pass to Mahomes who throws it out of bounds. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Like they're, they were under 500 going into last week and they're playing the giants who they should have ran through and they barely win. It's like they're, they're getting too flashy. People are kind of, I don't know. I don't know about people, but I'm kind of getting tired of the whole, you know, cockiness, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's just bothering me. It's, it's all the bright lights on Pat Mahomes. He's a super talented, super talented player, but it's just the way that they're playing right now is bothering me because they're not good enough to be playing the way that they think they should be. Like the past years, they could do that maybe, but they got to figure it out, you know, inside the trenches before they can get all fancy again. Um, Travis Kelsey's kind of disappeared as well. I don't know if that's, other teams keying in on him or whatnot, but it's just a weird offense. I know we're not even on that game yet, but <laughs> it's it's just that's kind of I don't know what how this even came up. I forget, but I think we whatever. need to like just start Let's a spinoff on. pod called. I think we need to start a spinoff pod called uh, Rob's Rants. Yeah, we could. We'll, we'll, we'll just call it Back in My Day. <laughs> um. No, I, I'm with you. There, there, there's something weird going on there. We'll definitely get to that game uh, right after this Chargers-Eagles game where it's a 50-point total. Um, honestly, this is the most shocking spread to me of the week. It's a one-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the Chargers. Chargers never really blow anyone out, but one-and-a-half points against the Eagles who are coming off of a just absolute destruction of the Detroit Lions. I don't think there's a lot of praise they need for that because it's the Lions, but they anytime you beat someone by 40 points in the NFL – um, it's just kind of like a whoa moment. I think it's more of a whoa moment for the Lions. Like, whoa, there they are. That's really the Lions we know. Um, shout out to Lion Up. Sorry, guys. But on the Eagles side, I love going back to Jalen Hurts. Um, off week last week after the Eagles just suddenly decided that they were going to treat Boston Scott and Jordan Howard like freaking Derrick Henry and bench Kenneth Gainwell and not have uh, Jalen Hurts run the ball. That was just the weirdest game script ever. But it's a reminder that it's one variable in a number of game scripts. I think Jalen Hurts bounces back, though. I think he gets back to his streak, restart his streak of 21 or more DraftKings points. I'd be interested to see what his ownership is coming off of that game. I know the Chargers have a phenomenal pass defense, but I never picked Jalen Hurts for his passing, honestly. I'm not grabbing anyone else on the Eagles side of the ball, personally. I think you can play Jalen Hurts by himself. I think he's perfectly fine. I'm going to kind of let you run with the Chargers here, coming off of just a tough loss against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. How do you view the Chargers going into this week against the Eagles? Yeah, I'm so lucky I didn't take them in my survivor pool, which I actually won last week, by the way, um, Who'd you already take? in week eight. I took – well, what happened was um, – we can throw this on Rob's rants, but uh, what <laughs> happened was all the people in my – every person picked the Bengals, and they all lost by four o'clock so I was like okay I can still change it so I changed it to the Chiefs who I thought would win handsomely and they didn't but they still won so won that but I almost took the Chargers against the Patriots I'm glad I didn't I don't know what's going on there they got beat up by the uh, Ravens now they got beat up by the Mac Jones led, led Patriots so I don't really know what's going on there um I don't, I don't think it's the craziest spread just because of how they've been playing. Uh, I think this will be closer than I would have said this probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I've tried – I've vouched for Keenan Allen on this show week in and week out, 
and he's continued to disappoint. So I don't know if, if I'm going to keep doing that. I've tried and tried again. I do think you feel, my, do you feel like a disappointed father? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know what the right phrase would be. It's just like, I've given you, I've given you the world, Keenan, and you just disappoint every, every week. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I spend thousands of dollars on you and DraftKings money. Every week. And, <laughs> I spent know. at least six grand on you a week, man. Yeah, it's like, what, how much more of an investment can I make is spending $6,500 on you weekly and you're only returning less than half the production I'm expecting. Um, that might be the opening to Rob's rants, but otherwise, I think for me, honestly, like looking at all these games as a whole, this is like a running back heavy week for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of stud running backs and Austin Eckler is one of them that are not that expensive for their production. Um, like right now in this lineup, I always do this when we, when we talk, I'm building a lineup while we talk. I have McCaffrey Chubb and Eckler and I have $0 remaining and I was able to fill the rest of my lineup with guys I think are going to be really good. So I was like, who'd you feel to really right now? I got the Lamar Bateman stack. I got CMC Chubb, Judy Beasley, Alberto Eckler. So it's running back heavy. And I always do this and I, I almost never keep the same lineup. I, I uh, build in this podcast while we're talking, but it's just good to see that uh, kind of takes me which way I want to go. Like, I think guys like Devontae Adams are out this week. Um, I really don't want to go towards those Minnesota receivers. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it just feels like a running back heavy week. So that's kind of all I have here. Like, I, I think, like you said, I think you can go back to Hertz this week. I think he's going to be fine. I think Herbert will be just fine as well. They're too talented to not be, you know, get back on track. So um, I will not invest my money in Keenan Allen this week, nor Mike Williams, just because Mike Williams is just hard for me to trust. And it's like for years I've been saying, oh, this is Mike Williams year. This I've been the biggest Mike Williams fan. And then the year that he's exploding, like I'm not touching him at all. So it's kind of weird. But um, yeah. That's, that's kind of it for me. I mean, I mean all these guys are, are good. They're almost all matchup proof, but it's just been a weird couple of weeks for the Chargers that I don't know what to really expect here. Yeah, I don't have much to add there. I think um, I think it could be a nice little Justin Herbert bounce back week. I think you can go really anywhere on the Chargers side. Mike Williams should potentially have some low ownership. I'm not too nervous about the Eagles secondary, even though I know they've certainly been playing well this year. And Eckler, of course, is in just a great spot. Eckler looks incredible, one of the top fantasy running backs this year. So really either of those plays and then Keenan Allen, who no longer has a ceiling apparently. Um, he's still fairly playable, though. I think he could mm. he could certainly get there and meet value. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I don't expect it to be low scoring by any means. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Two teams that desperately need a win. But a couple other teams that desperately need a win, namely one of them, the Kansas City Chiefs, playing hosting the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers. You hit on this earlier. The value play of the week is Jordan Love down there at 4,400. 
uh, going up against historically the worst defense in the history of football, uh, trying to compete and outpace that garbage uh, garbage can of a, a Dallas defense last year that was one of the most from a yards per game standpoint, just absolutely horrendous. The Chiefs are horrendous. Maybe, I, I think it was more of the Giants than the Chiefs, but maybe they tightened up a, a few things last week, but I really just think that's the, the way the Giants play ball, like you said, is like watching paint dry. Kansas City Green Bay, one of the most exciting games of the week were Aaron Rodgers to play. What do you think about Jordan Love stepping in? What do you think about these fantasy plays? To me, it's always straightforward on both sides of the ball. There's about two plays per week that are just going to absolutely blow up. It's very straightforward. It's just a matter of can you afford them, and is it going to be their 35 or 40-point week? It's a 48-point total right now. Kansas City is a seven-point favorite with Aaron Rodgers out of the game and Jordan Love going to be starting. Um, Jordan Love value, yay or nay, Rob. And then Adams, Aaron Jones, Hill, Kelsey, what do you think? Well, I just want to make a, a correction to what I just said in that last game. Devontae Adams, not out. I, I, I misspoke. It's actually Rodgers. So, um, but I still don't think I'll necessarily play him. Like, I don't know. It, it's for me, the Jordan Love thing, like we talked about it a little bit before 4,400. I think that's the cheapest I've ever seen a quarterback. Um, so it's certainly a huge value. I mean, he needs like, 13, 14 points to reach his value, which for a quarterback should be doable. And then you made a point before. It was like, if he gets 50 rushing yards and gets, you know, a goal on rushing touchdown or whatever it may be, like he's already reached his value. So whatever he does on top of that is um, just additional points. So I, I don't hate it. I think I, I really don't. I think um, back to the point I made before about the team that I built here, like if I take out Lamar and put in love and then take out Bateman, I can get like a good wide receiver, like a 7K, seven K seven and a half K wide receiver in that lineup. I said before, that's if I pivot off Lamar. So Jordan love, I think, I think he's going to be, I don't know. Call me crazy. Is he going to be highly owned though? Yeah, because I, of this, I yeah, think, I think he is. I think he's gonna be yeah, really highly owned. And I mean, you could just totally fade it and just go all in on Aaron Jones. Maybe they just give him yeah, the ball twenty five times. Exactly, and that that was like my next point is is this an Aaron Jones week? And it certainly feels like mm-hmm. one. Um, so there's a lot of ways to go about this game. I think you kind of know what you're gonna. Well, I can't really even say that. I just made a whole big rant about the Chiefs before. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get out of the Chiefs. You know who the ball is going to go towards, which is Tyreek Hill and um, Kelsey. But I, I'm not prepared to pay 7K for Kelsey at this point in the season. His production has gone so down. Like, it's just weird. Out of nowhere, significantly down. So if I'm paying that money, I'm paying for Tyreek here. Uh, I think he's the only consistent thing in this Chiefs offense. And – that's where I'll go. I think for me, it's, it's Jordan love to gain a whole lot of money elsewhere um, for value. That really isn't that hard for a quarterback to reach. Um, then it's Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones week with Rogers out. I think he's going to be a big part of this offense this week. I think Devonte Adams is actually going to be low owned though. I think uh, mm-hmm. people are going to pivot off him because of Rogers out. So if you want to go that way, I don't see why not just because he's the best receiver in football, but at the same time, uh, do you trust Jordan love? That's what it comes down to. So if, but at the same, 
on the flip side, it's like he has to be involved if the Packers are going to win. I think there's the Packers are a better football team. I think Rodgers makes them 100 times better than the Jordan Love-led Packers. But I don't know. Devontae has to be involved. He's going to get targets, I think, especially when new quarterbacks come in, they tend to just look at their number one option and just pepper them with targets. So I think he's going to get the volume. It's just a matter if they're quality targets or not. So it's it's going to be a tough decision for me. I think there may be a lineup that I get Jordan Love in. I don't know if I feel comfortable stacking that with Devontae. I'd probably rather stack it with Aaron Jones just because I think this is going to be a bigger Aaron Jones week than anything. Uh, I think he'll lead this game in fantasy points at the end of the week. Yeah, I don't have too much to add there. Um, hard to argue with those points uh, just because it, it is so straightforward. It's going with the passing game, you're going with the running game. It's it's kind of an either or there. Um, I'm not looking to get cute and full on stack, even though you kind of could with Jordan Love because he's so, so cheap. Um, you know, Love, Jones, Adams, that's kind of too much, too cute, but, you know, I mean, if they're going to keep pace with the Chiefs and he's got to do something, you can see it there. Uh, Aaron Jones gets six, seven, eight targets a game. Uh, that's that's one that's more high risk and too cute, but I at least want to throw it in because it's affordable, whereas most weeks you couldn't get Rodgers, Jones, Adams um, for, for a reasonable price, right? So it's at least a thought, but I'm with you there. It's Hill, Hill Jones, nice correlation right there to explosive players. Hill Adams is fine. Uh, Jordan Love is probably the value of the week by far. Uh, he's one I may end up with in my lineup, my main lineup. But, I mean, how could you not? They're at 4,400. He will be highly owned, like you said, so that's something to note. Uh, moving on to our final game here, Arizona and San Francisco. Interesting game this week, 45-point total. Uh, we got a two-point spread right here. Uh, and the interesting part is that we do have the 49ers as the favorites here. Uh, with this two-point spread so we'll kind of see what happens if that line moves at all kind of going into the weekend it could be because Murray is a non-participant in practice right now we'll see what happens there but when I'm looking at this game I think it's that this matchup is always fun I never expect it to be low scoring by any means um, Elijah Mitchell looked great from a San Francisco side last week uh, I do love Debo at 7,800 quick list of target shares Debo with a 30 plus percent target share in that San Francisco offense. Anytime I'm getting a target share greater than 30%, even though the Cardinals have had a good pass defense, surprisingly thus far this year, I think Debo is kind of matchup proof. This is where they move him around the formation. He can in, uh, line inside the slot. He can take, and, and he's got a lot of uh, yak ability as well. They can kind of uh, add to his ceiling. He's either throwing him the ball. His ADOT has increased this year relative to what it was last year. So those two combinations and that target share created a high ceiling for Debo. What's interesting about the Cardinals side is that for weeks five through eight, um, when you look at combined target share of the top three players for each team per Sam Hoppin over there, four for four, uh, the Cardinals are bottom six in the league with their over combined target share of the top three players. Their combined target share of the top three is Hopkins, Kirk, and Green, coming in at approximately 57% of the overall target share. So it's hard to find uh, which Cardinals player is going to get the volume on a weekly basis. It's just really tough to nail down this Cardinals offense outside of Kyler Murray kind of going off. 
Uh, what are you looking at this week in this game, Rob? Is there anyone that sticks out to you, or is this one where it's just kind of like, eh? Uh, yeah, I mean, you covered most of it, to be honest. I think the only one that stands out to me is Debo, and, and you definitely covered that already. So Debo at 7,800, um, back to the point. I know I keep talking about this, but, like, what I have now in this lineup build is, like, Jordan Love, Aaron Jones instead of Lamar, McCaffrey, and then throw in Debo. So you still have three stud running backs plus a stud receiver. Um, so that's the way I'm going right now. But get back to this game. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is in a really good spot as well. So uh, I don't know. What it, What are your thoughts on, like, his ownership this week based off last week? I don't think people are going to abandon him. But um, And I think he has a really good matchup. So I could see him being highly owned. What do, what do you think? Kyler? Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be that highly owned. I really? I really don't. No, no, I don't think he is. I think with um, you got love down there. If Taysom Hill ends up starting, I think people are going to go to him. I think it's one of those rare cheap quarterback weeks. And then, you know, I mean, you do have other options as well um, at, at quarterback. I think Josh Allen, people would rather go up $300 to Josh Allen against the Jags. Mm-hmm. I think they'd rather dip down $100 to Mahomes at 7800 because we normally see Holmes at 8 k or higher seeing him without that 8k i really don't think murray is going to be that highly owned at all i think the expensive guys it's going to be spread thin jackson herbert deck i think they'll be more highly owned than him i mean i i think you can get him at low ownership i would be stunned if he was i i would be stunned if murray was anywhere near the top three and owned quarterbacks this week absolutely stunned um i do see here that aj green is on the COVID 19 list D hop with hamstring tightness. I mean, you could potentially get a cheap stack there with Rondell Moore and Chris Kirk. I don't know that those two are going to be correlated in the same game because of their explosive abilities. It's kind of an either or scenario with no AJ green. There's going to be about an 18% a target share to go around. And I think Moore and Kirk are, are very, uh, very much the perfect candidates to step in there. So you could go Murray with a double stack and bring it back with Debo in that scenario we'll see how it shapes out over the next couple days but that's attractive to me and i think it's going to be fairly low owned especially on kyle and murray's side i mean you you're you're kind of stunned by that you think murray's going to be highly owned i just think based on his matchup um i don't know yeah that's really it i think Mm -hmm. his matchup and what he's done this year but i only asked that question because of his down week last week. So it's like mm-hmm. he has an 11 point week last week, price is 8,300. Do people lose confidence in him or not? I don't think they lose confidence. And then I think the matchup bumps him up. So I think to your point, there's a lot of really good options, um, cheap options, but I don't know. I think, I think Murray will be somewhere in the middle of the pack. Probably, I don't know, top half. I don't know, but it, I don't think he's going to be low-owned. I think he'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, th- I think it'll – yeah, I mean, the middle is reasonable for sure, but um, highly owned, I, I definitely would be surprised. But it, it's – honestly, I wasn't really looking at him at all until you brought him up. Now I'm like, oh, wow, he, he is in a great spot. So uh, yeah. I don't know if that's more on me or indicative of the market, but we'll we'll definitely see come Sunday. And I think as, as we get some more injury news following – um inactives that come out yeah. friday after practice we'll know a little more for sure Well, what's the total for that game 45 so yeah i mean mm-hmm. the points are coming somewhere so if it's on the 49ers 
I'm going Debo. If it's on the Cardinals, I'm betting on Murray. So I think he's in a good spot, honestly. I think so as well. Um, as we kind of wrap up the show here, I mean, this is – I know we kind of let it off with some games that we weren't interested in, but I think it really allowed us the time to dive into some of these more interesting games and more interesting plays. I mean, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners here? Um, no, I mean, based on what we said, I think it's uh, – this is a week you'll find a lot of cheap quarterbacks. This is also a week you'll find a lot of really big-name running backs that are – low priced um i don't think we see this often so i think we have to take advantage of it and it allows you to get a little creative with those receivers and there's certainly some good receiver matchups so um this is definitely an interesting one i think this is kind of a week that you have to do your research to be successful i know you could Mm -hmm. say that every week but like this kind of stands out to me just because of um i think people are going to pick these you know big name running backs and they're going to run out of money with these receivers and you kind of got to get creative there and that's where you do the research um so that's kind of what we're here for hopefully we made some good points i think we certainly did and i'm looking forward to another week here let's get after it man i'm excited for it and as always uh be looking out for the player pool article coming out this weekend check out our fellas over at season long and find any other shows that you want to listen to over at rosterupmedia.com we've got plenty of teams live you can only catch Rob's Jess rants here, though. You can't catch him on the Jet Up Pod. You can only catch it here on the DFS show. But you know where to find him at Rob McW24. Uh, find me at Cody Ingle. Find us at Roster Up Media on all social channels and at rosterupmedia.com. Uh, we appreciate you listening and we look forward to catching you guys next week. Bye, everybody.